are you the guys on the beach who hate everything? <laughs> Is this some sort of hip music that I don't understand? Boys, we are back for another week of SVS Fly Fishing Podcasting. So, Jay, what's going on today, buddy? <laughs> I think the last 15 minutes, not even 10 minutes, have been the weirdest, uh, so, weirdest part of my day yet. So, Jay stepped outside the smoke, and I, I was like, oh, this is going to be funny as hell. It's just Jay and I tonight. The second he closed that door, I stripped down to my skivvies. I said, it's going to be so funny when Jay walks back in, and I'm just in my underwear sitting listening to music. Well, yeah, then I uh, I forget that the bottom handle on this door, it you know, it'll be unlocked on the inside, but it's locked on the outside. So I undo the deadbolt and go outside and I'm locked out. I'm pounding on the door like Fred Flintstone. Like I just got locked, kicked out by Dino. And Chad's in here singing this song at the top of his fucking lungs and I'm out there freezing my sack off. I'm like, "Damn it." So I ended up walking all the way around. When I come in the wrong way, Chad's like, what in the hell is happening? I thought someone else was coming in while I was in my skivvies. No, just me again. <laughs> I, I didn't I, even notice you were in your skivvy until I actually wa- walked over and sat down <laughs> to take a sip of my beer. I don't know. I might do the rest of the show like this. It's very freeing. I, I've got long johns <laughs> on underneath my jeans. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm No, I'm a little dude, man. I'm going to freeze my sack off out there. It's cold. Dude, I'd be sweating my sack off if I had long johns and jeans and, and a mm. hoodie. I'm in my fucking skivvies, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> hey, this skivvy talk is being brought to you by Predator Fly Gear. Check them out at PredatorFlyGear.com. Eric Sooks. If you're going to tie, tie on Eric Sooks. EricSooks.com. Hey, tonight's show is being recorded live from the Urban Fly Company studios. Check Mark out at urbanflycompany.com. 
Sims Fishing. Fish it well. Simsfishing.com. Check out our boy Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding. QueenCityGuiding.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Yeti.com. And why not fishing? And check out their app, The Dock. Boom. God damn, we're good, man. All right. <laughs> so you did some trailer work today? Yeah, did some trailer work. Uh, it's freezing cold here in Western PA. Uh, ice is sketchy locally. I'm sure Jace probably found some sometime today. Or Yeah, if he comes tonight, I'm sure we'll get a nice report. Yeah. Uh, but you have to travel a little bit. I'd probably say north of here to get any ice. So, no, I just went and worked on the trailer. Uh, the eight ball was on. It's in good shape, man. It didn't. It's not taking too much work. I did some sanding today on the frame. Just get it ready to just throw some primer and paint on it, um, man. Just to keep it alive a little longer, just to help it out, look a little nicer. You know, it doesn't. Like I said, it's not that bad though. So it's not going to need too awful much work. It's just going to need some fabricating and stuff done to it. Yeah, I think I'm going to do a little bit of fabricating. I've been looking and talking and looking and talking and changing my plans and looking and thinking and thinking and, but uh. I, I thought about an idea. It has, um, <clears throat> it's like three inch, like C, I guess, you, you know. Like C channel. Yeah, C channel. So uh, the one going across, one of the cross members, going, um, I want to cut it in half. And they're like in two foot sections. So if I take that and take cut that in half, put it out another, you know. Swing them out like you're opening a, a, a door. Yeah, a double more or door. less. Yeah, because they're the last one and they're on bolts. So <clears throat> then throw another uh, <clears throat> another piece of that across each one of the uh, places that I took them out and one on the end, and I make it a little bit bigger um, than my raft. So you're making it longer. Or longer, yeah. So the raft's not going to stick out any further. I have to build a frame up on top of the metal frame that it's you know stripped down to now. Um, and you're going to do that to elevate the the deck so it's above the wheel wells correct yeah, because the boat's 54 inches wide the raft and the uh in between the wheel wells is only like 48 or so just over 48 so it's not gonna work so it's the opposite of shoving a hot dog down the hallway yeah it'd be a little <laughs> too tight so we're gonna make her we're gonna build it up a little more put a platform up there i'm showing chat earlier just a second ago uh about some uh just rollers I want to think about for the back of it. If I even get like one 48-inch roller for it, whether it be a few rubber ones on a bar or a metal roller like we were looking at would be fine either which way, I think. I bet Granger would have those. Probably. Over on uh, Victoria Road, over in Austin Granger, Granger, Granger. Granger, So, yeah, I'm going to, I don't know, I have to, I'm going to look around a little bit, but uh, trying to get that all put together and I didn't want to sit on my ass all day, so we just did, me and my dad, dad came out, brought the, propane uh on the uh the heater on the propane mr heater is that the one that looks like a satellite dish that goes on a a big bottle like a, a gas grill bottle of propane yeah yeah but it go, yeah but it's uh this one has like three three of them okay and it's it's real nice man it actually heats it up nice good deal good so deal he if he puts it on two of them kick out the you know the chill in say about 10 minutes do you have to wear long johns for that, too? Oh, no. Actually, I was in nothing but sweatpants, Chad. Dirty old pair of sweatpants because I refuse to put a pair of jeans on on the weekends if I don't have to. So uh, you mentioned checking ice conditions earlier. I have a funny story how I checked the ice conditions at my pond today. <laughs> my son wanted to go ice skating. I was like, all right. Um, well, go on and see if it's thick enough, buddy. <laughs> he stepped on it. And... uh. It cracked when he stepped on it. I said, ah, no, nah, not thick enough. 
Unless you want to take another step out there. <laughs> He's like, nope. <laughs> where I do know enough about the pond where I took him to, to check the ice. If it did crack and he went through, it would have only been like mid-calf deep. So he would have got wet and scared, but not injured. Yeah, you would have had to get wet and scared too and then bring his ass out. And in all actuality, I did step on it before I let him step on it. But it sounded way funnier to let him do it first. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, don't let Chad trick you. His kid's not in any safety. His wife worries every time he, she, she leaves the house. Oh, she was looking out the window watching us do it. Because she does not trust me. <laughs> You're doing what? Speaking of uh, bad parenting, <laughs> our boy Derek brought his son to a fly tying <laughs> Fly tying night that on. wasn't bad parenting. That was no, no. That was us being bad influences. <laughs> on, oh yeah, on Andrew. Hey Andrew, drink that whole, drink that whole can of pop. Come on, man, chug it up, buddy. <laughs> Listen about Jay say about fifteen more, twenty more f words. Yeah. Oh Christ. Yeah, we, we were. I, not, I apologize, Derek, for that. We were not being good friends. No. <laughs> but it was for our entertainment, and Derek whipped out a, a hellacious fly, man. That thing was sweet looking. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It, it's coming right along. It was on one of those uh, PR 378s. The, uh, the mm. what is it, the uh, weedless swim bait hook. And he tied a, a game changer with a Buford head. And there's a bunch of stuff going on in that fly. There was. There's a rattle in there. It was pretty sweet looking. And the hook placement was like right just forward of the middle. I think it's going to be just about perfect. Just got to keep them on there. Yeah, man. That's that's it. That's all you got to do is keep them on there. So uh, we got a guy coming on tonight that, speaking of musky, kind of rehabilitated a, a wetland and made it into a musky pond. I can't wait to hear about that. I want. Uh, I don't know how if you have any information on it, but how big, how many, how many acreage, how much acreage, or this is all going to be talked that we'll have to get into with him. We're going to find that out in 18 minutes, bro. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird talking to you while I'm in my underwear. <laughs> it's not bothering me so much. Come more beers and I'll. I'll, I'll you might be in your skivvies too. I won't even notice. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be warm by then. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, you know what happens when you work on trailers? Like you don't even if it's at noon, at eleven o'clock. I don't care what time it is. You go out to work on anything. You go out to work on something in the garage. You know what happens when you go to the garage and work on something with dad? You drink beers. You both take beers. <laughs> it's like my dad shows up at noon with like a six pack of beer and he's like, Your mom let me out of the house. <laughs> like, awesome, dude. Let's do something. And speaking of beers, when everyone hears this show, it's gonna be February first, which means this one's for you guys. Yeah, that's the first beers Chad's had since forever. I told him he needs to just quit this thing. He saw me so belligerently drunk Friday, he, he just <laughs> felt like he had to have beer. No, we went to uh Oh, I took my son to Urban Air down in Cranberry, PA on Saturday. And on the ride home, I said, oh my God, I need a beer. I need a beer bad. But I will tell you so what. So did you Urban Air? Or? I yeah. got to hear about this too. I Urban Aired. It is very kid-oriented. So there wasn't a lot of stuff for big dudes to do. And it was very packed. But I will give a pro tip. You should make a, a voyage down like, oh, I'm going to say once a month and do it. Mm-hmm. By yourself or with you and your daughter. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of yoga pants at, oh, that, at yes, that place. Oh, sir. <laughs> I will tell you that much. And they're all wearing masks. So everything looks good, man. 
<laughs> oh man, I bet there are a lot of it's it's you know it's 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 the simple basic rule, you know the 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 basic B. That's you know? right, man. Yeah. <laughs> so we were ordering tickets for that, and nah, it was gonna be me, my buddy Ernie, my son, and two other people, like another father and daughter. And uh, my wife was like, "So, um, do you and Ernie just want to get parent tickets?" Me and Ernie aren't the parents of this child. (laughs) (laughs) We both have wedding rings on, but we're not married to each other. (laughs) I mean, you know. I mean, if I was to swing that way, it would probably be with him. He's a good looking guy. (laughs) Oh, man. That that was funny. That made for some good fodder on the way down. He is dreamy. And he does backflips. I used to do backflips on motorcycles. And bicycles. And now he flies on these. With a parachute. Yeah. Yeah. Paraglider. Isn't that what it's called? I don't know what it's called. A wind assist or a, a motor assist parachute, I think it's called. Oh, uh, it's fucking insane. It's a big, <laughs> it's a big shop fan, <laughs> tethered to his back, and has a a parachute, yeah. and like eighty five strings holding him to the parachute. Everything's in knots when he gets it out. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> there's no fucking way, no way in hell. <laughs> Fly fishing, we're trying to avoid knots, yeah. and everything in this thing is knotted. <laughs> oh, that and then I, I swear that thing's got to go what like a thousand feet. In the, I mean, I'm sure sure it'll go as far as you want it to go, but I mean, uh, what he goes probably he looks like he's a thousand feet in the air. Yeah, I mean, he looks like a can of beer up in the sky. <laughs> yeah. Like that's about the size he would be. So, oh man, it, you scale that down. I'm not sure how high he is, but it, he's really teeny. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I was watching some uh, just some sports this weekend. You know, whatever. There's sports on this weekend. Uh, uh yeah, there's sports on every weekend. But uh, no, uh, Sh- Sean White. He's on in, on the X Games doing uh the um the commentary. The, no, the no. He's in the the pipe again. He came back out. He's he's in the X Games this year again. What is he? Forty? He I know. He thirty six. <laughs> What's he have? Seven red hairs left? <laughs> Maybe. And they're not as long and luscious as they used to be. Yeah, I don't know if they'll call him the flying rotten tomato now because he's sure past his ripeness. But uh, he's he's in it. So I oh, it sh- I should tell my wife to uh, maybe record that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, uh, we were we turned it on for about five minutes yesterday, and uh. What they were doing the the ladies slope style snowboarding. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, those women are way better at snowboarding than I ever would be. And the women's game has come a long way in that stuff. They're they're right there now. Yeah, they're like the men were six years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I was watching some uh, the skiers on the um, the half pipe, and man, super pipe, and geez, they're like. I don't even know how many times you rotated now. You could have rotated like 16 times if it looks like in the air. It's like, what the hell did he even just do? And he's and he lands standing up. So are skiers comparable to rollerbladers? Or is it not like that in the in the snow sports world? Because skiing was around before snowboarding. I mean, I don't I don't nobody I don't think anybody cares as much. I don't think they like to do the same things because a lot of times you'll see skiers and they want to do moguls and stuff and Moguls and snowboards don't really mix very well, but nah, I don't know. Do skiers really want to do moguls, or is that just something they have to do to get down the hill? I don't know. <laughs> I know I've skied before, and I never want to do moguls. <laughs> I put on a pair of skis twice. I was always on a board. Yeah. <clears throat> that stuff would, oh man, and they make it look so easy. I guess it's like with any sport, but it's, it's, it's pretty easy to go shoot a three-pointer as in comparison to... 
go and flip 65 fucking times in the air and land on your f- skis, not even on your feet. Yeah, on a slick piece of fiberglass under your feet. Yeah, it, man. They make it look easy because I've ridden a snowboard for a long time and it's not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> a good way to knock the wind out of yourself when you're an adult <laughs> yeah. is to put on a snowboard. Man, there's nothing that hurts more than knocking the wind out of yourself anymore. Oh, or, you know, at our age, trying to do it again like we did back then. And, and the next day, your legs, your there are parts of your, your arms hurt. <laughs> oh, your, your back, like muscles that you didn't know in your back were there. <laughs> that, oh, you feel them then. Oh, yeah. That's why I, I want to go take my daughter out and maybe introduce her into the next couple of years. But I know it's not going to be easy on me. Yeah. That's, oh, man. My wife and I were looking up tickets. And it's way cheaper to go snow tubing unless you have to end up in the ER. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Unless you're your wife. Yeah. Hey, if anyone's asking, she's walking around fine now. That's good. Yeah. So, um, we have any fishing coming up at all lately? Going down? Nothing? Nothing. Nothing really. I've been kind of starting to plan out some vacations, though for the year and i don't think i'm gonna go travel too too far but i know like a couple places i'd like to go in central pennsylvania um you know just like even like the more known creeks yeah like the traditional trout streams in central pennsylvania like let's what spring creek yes yeah yeah yeah, or pens or any of those places like i want to go visit some of those places and see what it's all about maybe spend a day or two out there um maybe just work my way back you know what i mean Toward our house, or toward where we live, and visit us some other places out there. You know, any of them, I, I all of them, whatever. I haven't been to a lot of them, so or any of them for that matter. The Jays out there. Oh, there's all kinds of places. Even a couple. I told my dad a couple nice places to fish for smallmouth out that way too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, just something. I think I might stay a little closer to home. You know, just fish around. I know we're still. I think we're still going to uh, Nashville. In the end of March, because Ashley's running the half marathon. So, I don't know if there's going to be any fishing involved. I hope there is. Um, other than that, I'm just going to stick around here and just explore stuff that we've never uh, we've never explored before. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this uh, this new element of exploring. Oh, sure. And there's a lot of water just right, you know, right around here that we don't... That we don't know. Yeah. Then don't fish enough. Yeah. yeah. Don't spend enough time on. And it gets hard... You know, for guys like us who don't fish too, too, I mean, don't get the opportunity to fish more than a couple days a week and the tops to go and say, oh, I'm going to go to a new place and not go to where I know I can go and have a good day, you know? Yeah. But to go and learn somewhere else when you know you have a good fallback. Yeah. Or yeah, a good go to, you know, so, but we, we have to, I, I don't know. And I, I like to, too. And, uh. Even coming up in spring, I want to maybe go up to, you know, we were catching bowfin again. Maybe get into that in the springtime a little more. I hear, like, when they're pre-spawn and stuff, the males get real green and look pretty cool, very aggressive. So That, that would be fun. That would be fun as heck. You know, that's the place we know, but we haven't been there enough or a lot and to know, like, a whole season or any other time but the middle of summer. But I like the, like, you guys getting into – Finding some new uh, floatable creeks is a, is a fun thing. Yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, uh, I was going through my phone the other day, and I found, like, 
probably six different stretches that have bridge accesses that we can like put rafts and stuff in. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun summer. And uh, I hope we have a lot of content to provide to the listeners. Yeah. Oh, it'll be, there'll be content. Now, whether it has fish involved or not, well, that'll all be, has yet to be proven, but <clears throat> you know, this is water that we know they're fishing. I just got a new, uh, battery operated chainsaw. So I can't wait to try that out. Hopefully we don't need it on many of the floats, but I know we're going to on some of them. Yeah. I know a couple we could use it for. Yeah. Like that one, that first time we took your, uh, your Smith down the Nishanic, that was, oh, the worst float ever. <laughs> You'd need like eight chainsaws for that one. Oh yeah, I would have went through eight batteries. <laughs> yeah, there was no. That's not just a simple cut cut. I think one or two of those we could have cut cut. You know. Yeah, yeah, a couple of them, but the but, one that we had put to pick to whole damn boat up like fifteen, ten feet in the air and take it out, or, or the one that we had to take it out of the creek bed and around. <laughs> At the end of the day, when we were tired, I was sleeping in the back. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you looked fucking thrilled when I said, and there's another one. No, say it ain't so. <laughs> Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> then we had to come back, and I think we interviewed Pat Cohen that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh. Look at the memory on you, Chad. Yeah, man. Look at the big brain on Chad. Um, Shoot, I haven't even done anything funny this week. But does not drinking leads for a very dull life for me. You know what I mean? I could only imagine. All, all it is, I, I wake up, I go to work, I beat off, and then I, I come home, <laughs> eat dinner. You look like you've you look like you've lost half a beer gut though. I uh, I'm down a belt loop or a belt size, or a, a whole size of my belt, but I think I gained weight. I'm up to like 230 pounds. Hmm. I didn't weigh myself beforehand. I should have. Hmm. I I was actually relatively nervous at. at Urban Air, because everything said weight limit 250. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm living on the edge, as Aerosmith would say. <laughs> so <laughs> That mom's got 50 cheeks, 50 pounds in them yoga pants. <laughs> but she tucked them in tight. <laughs> so uh, my son, we, we went to do the, uh, they have a ropes course. It's like 10, 10 feet off the ground, and you're in a harness, and you walk over all these obstacles like, off the ground, like 10 feet off the ground. Hmm. So let's take it back a couple of years. My wife and I did it once up at a place in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, you had a kid. Yeah, we did. <laughs> but we did it up in Cleveland once. And she was so nervous. She, My hands are sweaty. I can't do this. I can't do it. And I had to talk her through it, you know. And she ended up doing it, but she didn't like it. And this was only 10 feet above the ground as well? Yes. Okay. So uh, Saturday, took my son down, and he did that. He went across one rope ladder and started bawling. I can't do this. I want my mama. I said, buddy, we're out here now, man. We, we're pot committed. And, <laughs> and your mom's in hermitage. <laughs> and you're with him? Yeah, it was just me. And and you're up in the air as well. Yeah, I, I followed him. Okay. So he. And Ernie is laughing his ass off to the side of you guys. No, he's he's he was doing it too. He was okay. leading the way. Oh, uh, okay. Nolan was in the middle, and I was taking up the rear because I kind of had an idea something like this might happen. Mm-hmm. So he was like, we got to the first platform, and he was not having it. I was like, Nolan, we're stuck here. We have you have to move. You know, like you have to do something. So Ernie was on the second platform. I was like, walk to Uncle Ernie. I'll hold your hand. And he navigated and it was, it was a rough 
it's probably 15 feet in between platforms. And it was rough. He was crying and just didn't didn't like it, didn't enjoy it. I was like... <laughs> the, 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 the 12, uh, 15, 16-year-old kid that let you on the ride in the first place is like, Sir, you can let your kid off there. You don't have to make him do that. <laughs> but <clears throat> then we get to that second platform. And at that second platform, you can either go directly back to the to the main plat, like the home base, mm-hmm. or you go around like you're supposed to. I was like, "All right, Nolan, let's go to home base." He's like, "I can't move. I can't move. I can't do it." I said, "Let me go in front of you." And <clears throat> this one had like three inch pieces of plastic that you walked on, mm-hmm. and then every once in a while there's a gap, and then like a six inch round disc. Mm-hmm. So there was like just foot obstacles for you to, and then there were ropes to hold on to. Sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I was like, "All right, well, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it." I turned around backwards and I said, "Hold my hands," and I walked it backwards. I did the the four inch wide things backwards. Like, all right, no, you have to do this. We have to move because because that young punk that's fifteen years old isn't coming out to get you. <laughs> <laughs> it it's all the old man. He ended up doing it and he's like, I'm never doing that again. Never. <laughs> Once he got back in, he's like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> they had like an indoor zip line there too. I was like, You oh, want nice. you want to do a zip line? He's like, No, no, Dad, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Not in the heights, huh? No. Hmm. <laughs> Sir, are you sure you're not over the weight limit? I think you're pushing it there. Fuck you, punk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> so what do you think, man? You want to? Yeah, we'll take a break. Take I'll a... go back outside and lock myself back out. Oh, I hope. I, I can only hope. Hopefully you have your clothes on next time I come back in. I might. I'm getting the, I am getting a little bit chilly. Your nipples are hard, Chad. <laughs> I know. That's because you're turning me on. And we are back with Brett Kick. What's going on, man? How you doing, Brett? I'm doing good. Good. Kind of, uh, relaxing on a nice gray, cloudy, rainy day in West Kentucky. Is it dark there yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pitch dark here, man. We're moving that other way, though. Yeah. Slowly but surely. Yes. Yeah, it, it snowed here like crazy today. I hope we you... had rain, but no, uh, no snow. We've we've only had just trace amounts of snow this year, which is kind of atypical. What you normally are get pretty pretty good amount of snow down there. Well, until the last few years, uh, we've we've always gotten uh, two or three four inch snows, and then every now and then you'll get a twelve or an eighteen inch snow. Yeah, that sounds like how we are so, now. You know. Yeah, where we where we lay. In West Kentucky is we're part of the Ohio River Valley, and then we're also part of the Illinois Basin, which is extremely low elevation. But whenever those fronts come through, they suck right up on top of us. So, hey, Brett, for uh, for anyone who doesn't know who you are, can you uh, can you give us a little bit of background about yourself? Uh, fly fishing, and just okay. Yeah. Uh, how much detail do you guys want? Oh, it, it's up to you, man. However much you want to in, indulge us. Okay. <laughs> well, so I was born and raised in West Kentucky. Um, we're in a 
predominantly coal mining area where um, for years and years, probably the last 60 years, strip mining for coal has been the mainstay, the main industry. Um, I grew up um, not really in the city, kind of out in the country a little bit. And I had a grandfather that was a sharecropper down south of us in Trigg County, Kentucky. And he fly fished. He had an old um, Shakespeare fiberglass rod and an Ocean City automatic reel with a silk line. And it's crazy because you don't think about like in this area, we're really a swampy area. Um, we, we have some higher ridges and stuff, but it's mostly swamp or low ground, flat ground. And uh, so anyway, my grandfather was a fly fisherman. I had an uncle that fly fished a little bit and it always just intrigued me. So then what, oh, go ahead. what is the, uh, what's the native target or what, what do people target in your, your area? Largemouth bass. Okay. I mean, it's, it's almost all largemouth. We, we're in a pocket. If you, if you look on the smallmouth distribution, then, then this kind of leads in the, the whole musky thing and everything is the smallmouth distribution of where we are, this part of the Illinois basin, we're a little dry spot in the, in the distribution of smallmouth. They'll come all the way down from Michigan, Indiana, and then they get to where we are. There's none. Then you go south of us, and the elevation comes up, and West Tennessee's got pretty good smallmouth. So, yeah, it's it's a just a unique unique area, um, and let's see. The, the, I'll get back to the fly fishing. Okay. Things. Um, I, I always fished, and I had my grandfather and my uncle that fish, uh, fly fish. And I was probably 10 or 11 years old, and for my birthday, my mother gave me a subscription to the Gray Sporting Journal. And I started reading about these guys that were fly fishing for tarpon, fly fishing for bonefish permit you know all of this these stories and it just you know sunk a hook in me because i like to fish anyway and uh, so i piddled around my grandfather gave me an old um, shakespeare rod and I, I played with that a lot and then when i was a senior in high school took the money that i got at graduation and i bought a four weight fenwick I was going to be a trout fisherman. I spent the next spent the next ten years uh, dumbly chasing trout all over the southeast. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was crazy because I would drive six hours and camp out and eat beans, and you know, I'd catch some trout, but they were just little small fish and not that big of a deal. And at some point, uh, it just kind of like the light bulb came on us. I can catch bass on this thing, you know. And so started started working on bass, and and we catch bluegill and stuff like that. And it just kind of evolved into where that's all I wanted to do. Yeah, 
the flies for bass are way cooler, I think, than the flies for trout. Just myself, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, what what I really like about it is the explosive tanks. I mean, they just they absolutely hit it with a vengeance. Yeah, they're not sipping. Right, right. So, you know, take all that, and then um, I went off to college, went graduated from Auburn University, and moved back to Kentucky, and. My whole point of doing that was because I could hunt and fish. And um, one of the, with, with, as far as fishing goes, I've always really liked smallmouth, but we don't have smallmouth where we are. So I have to drive east or south to get to smallmouth country. And you get closer to Nashville and that West Tennessee part, there's there's more elevation and more smallmouth, and there's I'm not gonna say where because I don't like the hot spot, but if I go east, it's about a hundred miles, and there's a, a dynamite smallmouth fishery. So I started concentrating on that, and it's also loaded with musky, <laughs> and you know that kind of started my wheels turning because you know whenever you whenever you're fishing you throwing a, a little smallmouth streamer and you've got a musky follow it, it just does something to you. Do you remember the first one that you had follow? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so do Actually, I. Actually, <laughs> he, he, he was following, he was following about a, I don't know, a pound and a half bass that I was winding in. <laughs> Did he get him? And no, no, he didn't, but it totally, it just, it was like electricity down my spine. I just, I was like, whoa. I've got to catch one of those things. So did you start upsizing smallmouth flies and just hoping and praying that you'd hook into one of them, or did you start diligently musky fishing after? Well, what I started doing was I, I kept smallmouth fishing, but I started reading about musky. Okay. And everything I could find, you know, trying to figure it out. And then I found the guy that was a taxidermist that, was a big musky fisherman, but he was a, you know, crankbaits and, um, he, he fished gear and, but he, he really, really taught me a lot about, you know, where to target and what to look for, all of that. He, he was amazed. I fished with him a few times and he couldn't believe that, you know, you could even throw a fly as big as we were throwing. Okay. So how, how long ago was this when, when your progression into the muskies started? That was probably... 2010. Okay, so some somewhere there. Not super long ago, but not super recent either. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It, it, you know, I'd always we would go up to Michigan or uh, Canada and fish for smallmouth uh, when I was a kid, and you always heard stories about muskie and fish of a thousand casts and all of that stuff. But you know, I'd never seen one. And then, when when did you hook the first? Uh, first one I caught was 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. Okay, so you had a solid seven years of reading and studying and oh yeah, doing your homework. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and, and you know what? I probably exceeded the, the uh, thousand casts. It was probably more like a hundred thousand casts. Yeah, so that was delayed gratification for sure. Sure. Now, granted, 
my work life has always been really stressful. And so lots of times I would go out and cast for an hour as long as my arm could stand it. And, uh, you know, I cussed a lot and hit myself in the back of the head a lot. But it was, you know, it was just a real relaxing thing for me. Well, probably like some people like golf. Well, mm-hmm. So are you are you saying the first one you caught was one of yours? Mm-hmm. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay, well, then never mind. We got to get into this. Uh, we can't delay this story too awful much more. <laughs> um, can you talk a, about the little project that you, you had started? Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of give a little background. As okay. I, I grew up. My, my dad was not ever a really big fisherman, but he was a big waterfowl hunter. And um, so I've, I've always liked to duck hunt. And um, in the early 90s, we bought a little piece of property, like 40 acres, and started. I started working on it, trying to develop it into a wetland. And um, went to different government agencies and got help and got technical advice and it just kind of became this thing that kept growing you know a little piece of property would come up beside us we'd buy it start working on it and we tied it all together we made this really really neat wetland complex um has a lot of flooded timber some flooded crop ground um all of that and that would that's what i would do for stress relief you go out and play in your uh in your little area. Yeah. Yeah. We got a little, uh, I bought, uh, my business in 2004 and we, it was a construction business, highway construction and I had a little dozer. And so I parked that at the farm and that's like every afternoon I'd go and spend an hour on the dozer just to blow off steam. <laughs> it was, it was good. It was really good. I hear you, man. If I had a dozer around here for stress relief, It'd be flat ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, my business partner and I in 2009, we, we just, we've, we've done all kinds of highway work, but we were uh, taking down some bridges, and we had all of this extra stuff, debris from the bridges that we had to get rid of, big, huge I-beams and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And um, so we started looking for property to, to store it on, and this old coal mine came up for sale. And it was out in the middle of nowhere. It's up on top of a hill. Um, it just, we, we went and looked at it and we're like, oh man, this is cool. <laughs> it, I, had, I had been there before with my dad in the 70s and it looked like a super fun site. It, it was 600 acres. Everything on it was black. Mm-hmm. And, and red water coming out of the, the piles of spoil. And it was just terrible. Um, in the 90s, the state has an abandoned mine land fund. They came and reclaimed it and covered the whole thing with three or four feet of topsoil, planted trees, uh, put silt checks in. They put in, uh, they like took limestone and lined all of the, the drainage into the lake. So it cleaned up. And this was 20 years later, and you couldn't tell that anything had ever happened there. Yeah. It was just amazing. It, yeah. It's just this, like, wonderful uh, outdoors playground. 
It, was this hooked to your land that you're the, uh, the wetland that you waterfowl hunted on? No, no, it's yeah. actually, uh, each one of them are on separate ends of the County and different river basins. Oh, okay. With our, our County is bordered by, um, Pond River on the east, which is a really slow, low, low-lying stream that drains into the Green River, and then on the west, um, our county is bordered by the Tradewater River, which uh, it's probably 150 miles long, and it empties in the Ohio River mm-hmm. um, before the Cumberland empties in Ohio. So anyway, you know we're sandwiched in these two swampy, swampy areas, and uh, the the thing about the Muskie Lake. When we came out there, look at it. It's clear. It's deep. It's in. It's it's within twenty feet of the highest elevation in the county. Um, the highest elevation is four ninety. The lake's about four sixty, four sixty eight, something like that at different times. So we're still really low. Um, Cairo, Illinois, at the mouth of the Ohio and the Mississippi is three hundred and ten feet, I think, and it's. 160 miles away so there's just not a lot of a lot of drainage here yeah and even when it drains it's it's slow hmm. so we had this lake that's sitting up on top of the hill it's 90 foot deep and it, it, if you looked at it you would think it was like a volcano uh, a lake in, in the, you know whenever the volcanoes mm-hmm. do whatever dissolve and then you've got a lake in the middle kind of like those those big lakes in Colorado. Yeah. It, like picture, crater, crater Lake. Picturing in my mind, it's somewhere where you, you'd go and throw virgins, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Sacri- yeah, we're sure. sacrificing Ooh. virgins. Yeah. Yeah. Not lately. No. So, what, uh, it, I mean, it's neat because even like if you're, if you're on the lake fishing, there's hills all the way around it. 360 degrees, it's all hills. And, it just all comes down to this one area, and it, it's it's a fascinating place. So, did you immediately when you know you found that area and you were you found it to store stuff on? Did you okay? I got a fish here. I got a fish here. We're gonna try this out. You know. Oh, I, <laughs> I had to fish on it before I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was neat? I wish we had all of these stunted bass. And um, they were eight to ten inches long. You'd catch hundreds of them. It was it was a lot of small, stunted, largemouth bass and decent bluegill, but everything was pretty well stunted. And so I started talking to some biologist friends of mine, and uh, they said that the best thing I could do I could either poison the lake and start from scratch, which I really considered because I wanted to put smallmouth in it. Did they? But, give, well, did they give you like a, a a reason for everything being stunted? Was it just over? They just overpopulated with just those fish. It, in it general? was just absolutely overpopulated. Yeah, the the biomass had gotten out of whack. Um, the the panfish, the little stunted panfish, had taken over. So once that happens, then the bass do that. It goes all the way up the food chain instead of down the food chain. What's that called? Carrying capacity? Yeah, we, we just call it biomass. Yeah. Um, there, there's there's so much biomass available per acre, and it either goes to an apex predator or it goes down the chain. Mm-hmm. 
And so these, these biologists said, oh, yeah, you need a predator. My first thought was northern pike. But then my experience with the muskie on the smallmouth streams was maybe muskie would be pretty good. This may and, sound stupid. This may sound stupid, but I knowing where you're at, did stripers ever cross your mind? It did. Yes, hybrids and stripers both. Um, the only thing is, is they need running water to spawn. Oh, uh, okay. And being a still, of course, the muskie can't spawn either. But different story. Um, yeah, and I, I still haven't totally ruled out putting some hybrids in there at some point. Oh boy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're a good time too yeah and we've got another lake on the property that was fed by the river and the hybrids are in that lake oh well the hell so with it just pretty... leave this one a musky lake then <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. if you have that one a hybrid <laughs> like no oh, leave this one musky and, and we're we're kind of in the process it's stalled right now because of COVID but there was a they call it slurry ponds it's when they take the waste that they come up with from um, when they wash the coal, they would build these reservoirs and put all of the fine material, which is 99% carbon. They put it in these reservoirs and you know dam it off and let the water sluice off of it, and they stored it there. When the mining company left, they left all of this stuff. It's it's coal. It's high BTU. I mean, it's a great product but it's just sitting there and you have to get it out. So we, anyway, we had this probably 50 acre area that was 50 foot deep of that stuff. And uh, we've hired a contractor to come in and get it out. And they take it and they burn it in the uh, concrete plants and um, the cement factory, you know, just all these different places. They'll, they'll burn the stuff, but that's stalled out. That That's going to be the smallmouth lake when we finish that project. Oh, I love. There you go. I love the foresight. Looking into it, I love it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We make a little bit of money off of it, but it's not. Uh, the money's not worth the hassle, except for the fact that I'm going to get a 50 acre smallmouth lake one of these days. Yeah, man, that's worth every penny of it. <laughs> Absolutely, especially in 10 years after you got you know, you have 15 to 16 inch smallmouth, if not bigger. Especially right. where you're at. Yeah, my, now my grandkids are going. They're just going to love. <laughs> having all this stuff to fix. You're going to be the best grandpa around yeah. in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> so you back to the big lake, you had all these stunted bass and uh, bluegills. Yes. And they said, bring a predator in. You said, yes. So muskie is what we decided on. I brought in a hundred muskie. It's a 45 acre lake. I brought in a hundred muskie, which is just a little bit over what the recommendation was. But, you know, I wanted to. But why not? Kind of, Yeah, I wanted to adjust for any, you know, um, mortality that happened from bringing them into the truck and all of that. What would they recommend? Uh, two per acre. Two per acre. Yeah. Okay, so you're only 10 over or so. Well, yeah, I suppose. Okay. Um, and then two months after I put the muskie in, I put in about 5,000 gizzard shad that lasted about six months. <laughs> so there's no gizzard shad around anymore? No, not, not, you can't find them. And I think the muskie depleted that source 
but it, it, it grew on that. I saw my first muskie in the lake about a year after I'd stocked them. And they were 12 inches when we stocked them. And this one was probably 18 to 20. So they were growing fast. Yeah, man. With all those stunted bass and bluegill and gizzard shad. Jeez. Yep. Especially the gizzard shad, you know, and they're so young and they just swarm the shit out of those things. It was like a pack. Yeah, big oily <laughs> fish. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they love them. Mm-hmm. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty interesting because you can go out right at dark in the summertime and the brim, which aren't exactly bluegill, they're... We call them dick fish, but they're 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 like that generic sunfish. Yeah, that that don't ever get really big or whatever. But they'll they'll school up and uh, follow like larvae that are hatching or something. And so you'll look out and you'll see these fish kind of making these ripples, and then all of a sudden you'll see a big explosion in the middle of them. <laughs> and you know you, you know, know what, what it was? is. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. So since you've put the muskie in and they've been going to town on your bluegills and your bass and in the gizzard shad that you put in, have you noticed the largemouth bass getting any bigger since there's less of them in there? Average size was uh, 10 to 12 inches whenever we put the muskie in. And right now I'd say the average bass there's two pounds and probably 16, 18 inches. There you go. It's, it's really, it's, it's working. So, hmm. so you're getting positive feedback. Uh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Absolutely. And okay. What year did you say you put the muskie in? 2011. 2011. So that's 10 years ago. <laughs> Let's do round, round numbers. There you go. Um, so 2011, you put the muskie in. You said you caught your first muskie in 2017. Yeah, I'm going to back up on that. Okay. It was probably 2013 when I put the muskie in. Okay. So so I I, I caught, yeah, I caught the first one about three years later. Did you fish for them much in the, in the meantime? Not very much. Um, Of course, didn't exactly know what I was doing and it hurt and, I, I mean, I was out one day in February. One, one, this is kind of interesting, too, is I've got a friend that smallmouth fishes on Barkley Lake, which is the Cumberland River dammed up, you know, right before it goes in Ohio. And um, he sent me a picture. He caught a muskie while he was smallmouth fishing on the lake. And these are warm water lakes. They're not anything like a muskie lake. But he caught a, like, 20-inch muskie on a smallmouth jig. And as soon as he sent me the picture, I was like, I've got to go today. The muskie are going to be biting today. <laughs> so I went, I, I went out, it was 35 degrees and sunny and a uh, pretty good wind. And I just eased out of the boat and started drifting and casting uh, some big streamers and saw one behind it. And I kind of paused for a second cause I wasn't sure. And then I, Gave a little, little action, and the that muskie hit it and took off, and it was its closest thing to a tarpon that I've ever caught. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh yeah, I'm still pumped about it. That, that was what five years ago, six years ago. 
Okay, here you go. Do you have a boat that you leave at your lake? Or uh, you... In the summertime, I do, yeah. Yeah, and then just whenever you want to go there, just go there and take it out. Don't have to trailer it. No, take my battery, put it in, sit on the front with my trolling motor and cruise around and fish. That's awesome. Hmm. So oh, yeah. with with the sun, or uh, the stunted bass and stuff, wouldn't you think you'd be able to get away with a little bit smaller flies? Have you tried that? Uh, for the musky? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I haven't. <laughs> I mean, I've thrown pretty much standard musky flies. Yeah. Um, it might be something to look into. If your elbow's really hurting, you might be able to downsize a little bit to like a brim size fly. Yeah. Seven to eight, well, probably you. seven to eight inches would probably be even, yeah, pretty sufficient. Yeah, and and the muskie aren't educated. <laughs> you could literally, I mean, you know what I mean? They're gonna eat what's there, absolutely. Well, well, I've got one of those big SpongeBob flies. <laughs> yeah, I really want to catch one on that. Mm-hmm. And I get kind of hard headed about stuff, and I just want to stick on something like that. And you know, if they're not gonna eat it that way, then I don't want to catch them, kind of thing. So, um, you had mentioned that you lost a bunch of water out of your yes. lake. Yes. What had happened with, or what has happened with that? Okay. Our Cole County is in this Illinois basin and it's, it's cold country and they strip mined, uh, probably I'm going to say 35 miles long and 15 miles wide, um, coal companies had stripped just about everything after they stripped all that ground all the high ground they would do underground mines and so all this area where this lake is was undermined um in the 50s and 60s and then uh, recently in the mid 2000s a company put in an underground mine they tapped into the same old works when, when they pull out of the coal mine they just let the, the the shafts fill up with water. So you think about it, there's this big lake underneath the ground, probably you know, three or 400 feet on the ground, there's a big lake. And um, they had seals, they, they built little dams or seals inside the mines to keep the water from coming into the, the active mine. Okay. And there was something happened, it was in uh, 2010, uh, first or second day of February, something happened and a seal blew out and we lost, the, the lake was 96 feet deep and we lost 15 foot of water overnight. And then it gradually, we lost 20 or 30 more feet over the next five or six years. Holy smokes. And, that That's a significant amount of water. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I kept thinking, I'm going to hear about some coal miners being drowned they were, you know, they were working on all of a sudden here comes this big wave of water out of our lake. Yeah. Um, they, the, the coal companies had a series of pumps where they would pump the water back out to the surface and they put in some more seals and they kept pumping, but our lake kept going down because they were pumping, basically pumping our lake through a shaft through the mines. It, it's really interesting to see how it all lays and the elevations and everything, but the uh, the coal company pulled out in 2018, pulled their pumps, and we've gained back about 30 feet of water since they pulled the pumps. 
Did you see any uh, like uh, fatality rate in the fish during you know the loss of water and regain of water or anything? Or no, because see that's whenever I put the muskie in at the lowest point. <clears throat> so um, you had all the stunted bass and they were concentrated, and then you throw the muskie in. And <laughs> it's easy, easy pickings. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> And even through, uh, throughout the like those last five years, have you seen a lot more growth in the muskie? You talked a little earlier about you know maybe going around and like finding them in the real clear water, and seeing them. Have you seen them getting a lot bigger than even the ones you caught? And oh yeah, oh yeah, they're they're in the thirty six to forty inch range now. Last few I've seen. And you're um, seeing? Are you seeing them with frequency now? Probably about 20% of the time that I go look, which I go look three times a week. So, yeah, I see them quite often. That, that's frequency for muskies, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it I, when the water went down, then I noticed in the lake the different structure areas and the different places that had timber and rocks and whatnot. So as the water's come back up, I know that those are the areas I need to be looking Generally, I'm looking. I'm I'm casting a popping bug, trying to catch some bluegill, and just keep my eyes open for the muskie. And when you do uh, bluegill and bass fish, are you targeting like the shorelines or stuff like that? That and the, the structure. There's you know there's trees out in the middle and different humps and stuff like that. You said you uh, have kids or grandkids? I've got four kids. Would you like to adopt another one? Uh, no, I, no, but I, I have a few that could go up for adoption. He, he's thirty-eight and uh, has a has a has a beer belly and uh, receding hairline. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, do they know how to run a lawnmower? I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that would work. I have five acres that I mow infrequently. <laughs> I was gonna say, man. Wow, I I would almost be there. I have to go out there with a buzz bait. I would ha- be. It would be. It would kill me not to just go out there with a the regular spinning rod and reel and just throw a buzz bait and just watch one of those things just crush it on top. I mean, Dude, I know you said you talked about throwing the SpongeBob popper, but any which way it had to happen, I'd have to see it once and then I then I'd go back to the fly. That is the biggest temptation that I've resisted. So I'll go to I'll go to Academy Sports or, or Sportsman's Warehouse or you know any of these stores, and they've got those big musky baits with the flappy tail and um, the the great big um, whopper ploppers and all that stuff. And I just have I I, I want to so bad, but I don't want to. I, I've caught my first one on the fly, and I don't want to catch any on gear. I I hear you. I I. I love the dedication to that. It, well, it, I don't know why, but that's, <laughs> that's something to me, you know. I just so, have to do it once. I, just once. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, what I do, I might take a friend. <laughs> yeah, that. or that's what I was saying with the kids or grandkids. Take your grandkid out there with or your kid out there with something like that, you know, and show them a good time. Absolutely. Do you go chase musky? Um, other places? Yes. The uh, the river I was talking about, the Smallmouth River, that's um, 
east of me in yeah. pretty good ways. We had two we had two really good smallmouth streams in one of them. There was a hog farm that did something and polluted the water and killed a bunch of fish a couple of years ago, and it hasn't quite rebounded yet. But this other river is um, the closest point I can access. It's about 100 miles away. And uh, during March and April of 19, I probably did that three times a week. And, and, and you don't you don't treat those fish like pets. You'll you go out and catch them with reckless abandon. Oh yeah. If you oh, can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't eat I don't eat smallmouth, but yeah, I'll catch as many as I can. I love them. Absolutely, man. Oh, they're so much that's, fun. Yeah, that that's kind of my, my passion with that. Is the, is a smallmouth. But anyway, this one river is fairly close and um, you know, hundred miles drive over there, drop in, fish for five or six hours, and come home. Okay, so you said you're going to make a smallmouth lake where where all the coke is uh, piled up? or the Yes, yeah, the carbon. Yeah, the carbon. They, they call it carbon. Carbon. <laughs> coke. What the, the, yeah. f- f- 50 acres of coke would be yeah, a we're, lot. We're, we're not Tony Montana. <laughs> come on. But uh, so have you mapped that out in your head are there like giant oh. humps and points that you're gonna bulldoze in? Are oh, you, yeah. you gonna make structures like just a perfect smallmouth creation? I've, I've I've gone so far as to I've got a source for a bunch of rock and waste concrete, oh. and I've also got a source for a bunch of trees and treetops. But I've got to get all of these these guys that are doing it are messing around too long. But I want them to get it out and get it done so I can start the reclamation process. <laughs> so do you have friends that are like chomping at the bit for you to get this done like hey brett come on can, can we come fish or is yeah, it just you know, strictly you there aren't a whole lot of fly fishermen around um i've got a couple buddies that do and we're real low-key about it and they're not really um, smallmouth fishermen they're mostly trout fishermen but I'll, I'll take them and we'll catch some largemouth. We catch a lot of really big largemouth too. Um, in these slurry areas, the water's probably um, averages about three foot deep, but then there's some deep holes. And it's the the coal, the, the coal finds is black, so it holds heat. And like in March, the first day that you get to 65 degrees, the bass turn on like crazy, so we'll go out. We'll go out there with uh, something like a, a pole dancer or a big, big streamer and hammer them. And just get on the largemouth. Yes, a lot of really good largemouth. Um, not uncommon to catch two six pounders every time you go. Really? Holy hell! Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It, it's really good. I, I, I don't want to do it too much because I don't want people. <laughs> you don't trespass my door, <laughs> right? But it's it's a pretty good spot, and it has. I mean, I I just got it. You know, it's, I didn't do anything to help it. And you said your your buddies that are local that do fly fish or trout fishermen were were they uh, were they privy to when you put something else in your your big lake? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we do. I, I mean, some of them will fly fish for bluegill too. Yeah, that, that's always big fun. 
So when we want to come to Kentucky and fish a private musky pond <laughs> with fly rods, uh, when are we when are yeah. we set this up for next year? <laughs> I'm just just joking, but no, nah, that's that, man, that's a cool project and wow, the, it's it's really been fun. And uh, you know, I'm spending more time. Um, I sold my business in 2019, and um, I'm spending as much time as I can in Florida, which is a whole other fishing adventure but um I, I the best time to be out there musky fishing is late february through april and that's kind of the time that uh, my wife likes to go to florida so that's where i am yeah don't blame her one bit man get out of them kentucky right. winters oh yeah 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 these gray days uh duck season ends today Today was the last day of duck season. Did you get out? No, I didn't go today. I went yesterday. Uh, my dad and my son and I went. Got a few. But the, the time frame is um, January is kind of like the slow time, January and February. Well, January, I've always been able to duck hunt to keep myself busy. February is the cabin fever, bites your fingernails out your head against the wall mm -hmm. um, yeah we're there right you know. now mm -hmm. yeah yeah you guys i don't know how you guys take it because y'all have a little bit longer session than we do and you know what we don't have anything compared to the dudes that are for, farther north than us no hell it's, no you know yeah of course i i talked to chad wild uh pretty consistently and he's lamenting the fact he doesn't have any ice up there right now to ice fish don't let him lie to you his son was out catching pickerel and bass today through, really? Through on the, the ice? ice? Yeah. Yep. Okay. He got some cold weather then. Yeah. Last yeah. time I talked to him, last time I talked to him, he was crying because he didn't have any any ice. <laughs> I was like, man, it's bad enough just sitting around looking at gray skies, but if you can't get out and do something, it's uh, it's he tough. said it was three degrees there. Three. <laughs> that was the exact text. Yeah, he's got ice. He he's got ice. He's got walkable ice. Yeah. I I pushed my. We have a farm pond across the street from the house, and my son wanted to go ice skating today. So I said, all right, bud. I pushed him on the, the ice, and it cracked. I said, oh, no, it's not good enough for you yet. Yeah. I, I didn't really push him on the ice. I, I went out and checked yeah. it first. but No, don't <laughs> let him lie to you. So uh, can you get into some of the, the Florida fishing adventures? What, oh, yeah. What what do you prefer to chase down there? Well, it's, it's changed a lot. Um where we are is it's a place i've been going since i was in college we used to camp out on the state park uh st george island which is south of tallahassee um apalachicola bay which is where the oysters the, the famous oysters are um didn't it's that a new, really neat didn't that new book lord of the flies take place in apalachicola no that was homosassa homosassa okay i'm sorry but it's a very similar area and um there there's a lot of tarpon guys that have spots that they stake out and protect with their lives and all that we've we've found a few spots too for tarpon but redfish was my main things just fishing for redfish all the time and um, we've chased the tarpon a little bit and had several hookups but we always get either spooled or broken off <laughs> Um, one of my one of my favorite things that ever happened was um, about three years ago, a friend of mine and I were out 
on a flat looking for tarpon, and we had a school of tiger sharks come in. What? And these these sharks were like ten foot long. They were humongous. <laughs> and I had a pr- pretty good sized game changer on. <laughs> and I was like, "Hey man, you think I should cast that?" And he said, "Go for it." And so I put it right in front of this shark's head. And he followed it for a while, and he came up, and he got it real slow, and I had strips at him. And then it was like total chaos. <laughs> and he uh, he spoiled me. <laughs> the, the fish just took off. I could never turn him. I tightened my drag as much as I could, and my rod was bent all the way over. That's the best thing that could happen with that fish. What happens if you get oh, next yeah. to the boat, you know? <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, you don't think about that. It's all about catching. Not until you get there, right? <laughs> but this this was three foot of water, and this hmm. this sucker was a monster. I That's mean, it insane. was like catching a manatee or something. <laughs> you should have tied on a fly that looked like a hubcap. And, yeah, so <laughs> I've, I've or a license that. plate. I've, I've had that shark spool me, and I've had two tarpon spool me, and they're they're 150 plus, and you know you you set the hook and then they just take off to the races and if you don't don't hold on or know how to tighten your drag down they're gone i don't know how to do that so <laughs> so they were gone yeah yeah rio lines really loves me <laughs> i'm sure the fish women around with rio lines yeah. in their face are a little bummed though oh yeah so we've um we've done that we've caught a lot of redfish redfish is Kind of like bass fishing is around here. Um, I love it. They're they're just a great sport fish. But three or four years ago, I, I met a guy that was also a fly guy. We were just we were looking at flies in in the bait shop and started talking. He said, "Oh, you need to go with me." I started catching triple tail on a fly. Oh, I was like, "Triple tail? What's that?" So we went out and started catching these triple tail and it's you stalk up on them and you watch them and you have to it's all sight casting and that that has turned into like my obsession so all i know about triple tail is they're delicious yes how do they fight like um well like a, if you catch one that's 15 pounds it's like a 15 pound crappie Okay, so (laughs) really good. They they turn sideways and run. So so like a fish with three tails. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, similar to a permit. Um, they're a little bit thicker than a permit, but they have the same same shape. Is there a catch limit, and are you keeping them even when you're catching them on the fly rod? You keep two. They've got to be sixteen inches, I believe, and. I'll keep enough to eat occasionally, but just catching them is the big thing. Okay. Well, speaking of, the, of uh, keeping them, before we uh, heated the mics up, we were talking about some uh, some gourmet dishes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we get into a little bit of that? We'll we'll close her on out. Sure. But uh, what what's your best recipe for a triple tail? I take a triple tail fillet. Put it in uh, Reynolds wrap, aluminum foil, about a quarter stick of butter, and some Zatran's uh, Creole seasoning. Mm-hmm. Put it on the grill at 350 for about 15 minutes. 
and it's fantastic. Oh, I'm sold. <laughs> I want yeah. to go down just for that. It, it's really good. It's 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 probably the best fish that swims. We hear you have a few good beer recipes as well. What? Let, let's call that Kentucky cuisine. Yes. Can, go with with the uh, <laughs> um, redfisher Ron Bagnall. You guys know I'm talking about Ron. Oh yeah, Ron. We know Ron. Yeah. Ron said, "Well." Kunasses will eat anything, <laughs> but a Kentuckian will eat anything that a Kunas won't eat. <laughs> and you know, we—that was a joke for a long time. And uh, I told you, Joe Errol from uh, the San Francisco area and I had conversations about cooking. He's—he's he's a connoisseur of fine things, so started uh on the drake form they have a recipe thread and i started thinking you know these guys will really crack up if i do some stuff so uh uh photo journaled the killing and cleaning and cooking of a raccoon which my wife really likes eating raccoon because her grandfather was a coon hunter and they would have it was a big deal to have a raccoon to, to grill um, and it's a pretty good meat, but I did that, and then so what, I think we might have done a possum. What's a raccoon um, comparable to? Cat. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only answer you got to say. That's amazing. So it goes good in Chinese meals. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. <laughs> Big general sow raccoon. Exactly. Yeah. Or possum, I'm sure. Go. <laughs> Kung, Kung Po. <laughs> Kung Po Raccoon. So you you made some possum too? We did a possum. Um, we did Snapping Turtle. I don't think that I posted the yes, Snapping yes. Turtle because it was way too too gory to do. Yeah, but that's good stuff. Did you eat the Snapping Turtle? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I butchered one snapping turtle, and it was the fishiest smelling thing I've ever had in my entire life. It tasted good, but it smelled so bad. What what did I do wrong? I killed. Maybe you should have brined it. I killed it the second I got it out of the pond, and uh, yeah. Do you anything like anything like that? I'll usually brine. Okay. I'm, I'm not. I don't eat anything. But. Uh... <laughs> We we do a lot of foraging. We'll we'll get mushrooms and oyster mushrooms and morels and uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, you're chanterelles. Lang- you're speaking our language now. Yeah, yeah, do a lot of do a lot of that. But um, trying to think, the gar we caught some gar on the fly one time, and had them. And I said, you know, I've always read that it's really good to eat. I'm gonna try that i had my boys my boys were pretty young at the time we had to get a sawzall to cut the the shell off of this gar i mean they're just it was crazy how hard it was to get it but once we got the meat open and and filleted off it was this nice really firm white meat it reminds me of alligator okay and um, i cut it in chunks and fried it up and uh, the boys just absolutely loved it and did you do it a second time? I've done it one more time, but it's such a hassle. Yeah. Uh, what, kind, 
What kind of gar is it? Is it spotted uh, or is that a? It's not spotted. I, I guess I mean, just a common gar. It's not long an alligator gar because, yeah, long nose because yeah. they're only like uh, four foot long. Those alligator gars get like eight foot long or something. Do you have those around? around your we area? don't. We we did in Alabama, and uh, that, that, the way I know is I worked for a uh, fisheries biologist when I was in school, and we would go out and do krill surveys, and there were people down there that just targeted alligator gar, and it was it was crazy, and it always intrigued me as a fly fisherman. They would take a piece of yellow, like uh, ski rope. Yeah. Like water skiing rope and fray it out really big and then, you know, wrap a knot around it and throw it with a spinning rod. And they'd get the guard to come up and grab that and they wouldn't have a hook in it, but it would grab them and the, the teeth would get tangled in that nylon and uh, they'd pull them in. Yeah, we were just talking to Eric Grasky last week and he does the same thing up on Lake Sinclair with their guard. Is that right? Yeah, with the rope flies. Okay. Well, it, it absolutely works. I mean, these guys would, they would catch 25 pound gar without a hook. And, <laughs> That's incredible. And then you got to spend time with your hands in their mouth untangling it. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, either cut, cut the line. Yeah. But that that's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Brett. Um, we did the beaver tail one time. I'd read it in the Lewis and Clark Journal about how the uh, the crew thought that beaver tail was the biggest delicacy they could get. So I read that, and I thought, uh-huh, we've got plenty of beaver around. I went out got a couple of beaver, cut their tails off and put them on the big green egg. <laughs> and it really, it really wasn't bad. It, it was pretty tasty. Did you eat the rest of the beaver as well? No, no, <laughs> no. I, you don't like the furry beaver. He's like the ball part. <laughs> Sorry, I'm juvenile. <laughs> but I, man, <laughs> so um, since then, the meat eater put beaver tail in um in their last cookbook. Oh, they did. Yeah, so it's it's coming around to be more popular. Okay, and maybe we started a trend. I think you did. Um, was there a lot of cleaning that goes into it? Is, is that skin different? Uh, as far as the tail? Yeah, and, as far know, as the tail. I, I filleted the tail off. And so I got the tail. You cook it in the skin. In the skin. Oh. Okay. So once it's cooked, then you just take the knife and slice down the middle of it. The meat pops out. Okay. So it's kind of like a, like a, like you're cooking bacon with crackling on it. Or not bacon, like pork yeah. with crackling on it. Yeah. It, it there may or may not have been some Kentucky bourbon involved in that. <laughs> Speaking of that, how far are you from the bourbon trail? Uh, pretty good ways. Pretty good ways. I mean, we're we're like that here in Kunas country. We're we're a long way away from all that. But my business, I worked all over the state, so I have friends, and we actually did a lot of work for Jim Bean, and. Uh, you know, I've got a lot of friends in that area where I can usually get some pretty good samples whenever I need to. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. Uh, do you have a favorite bourbon from, from the area? Yeah, and 
it might surprise anybody that's not uh, Kentuckian. Is it Heaven Hill? Four. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Although they're not too bad. Um, old Forester. Okay. Which is just an old standard brand. They have some select brands, and they have one called the 1910. And it's a recipe from 1910, and it is far and above anything that, that I've had. Huh. Just it's excellent. It's not a very expensive bourbon either. You know what I found? Most of the the lower level bourbon, or most of the better bourbons I've had are lower level in price. Yes. Like a old granddad bottle and bonded is my favorite. Oh, and that's uh, a great one. Yeah, and it's like twenty one bucks, I think. Well, uh, <laughs> story we had a guy one time that went on and on about how much he liked. Um, I think well, I can't remember what which bourbon he said was so good. I think it was like uh, 1776 or something like that. But we bought a bottle of Old Crow for like you know, <laughs> yeah. ten bucks, pennies on the dollar. And so we put, took a funnel and we we filled up this bottle and gave it to him. He went on and on about how great that bourbon was, and it was rock gut Old Crow. <laughs> Yeah, man. It, it's pretty crazy. And during the, the COVID thing, when we were quarantined in Florida, of course, Florida doesn't have a great bourbon selection anyway. But um, on the island, there's there's one liquor store and slowly went through all the bourbon and got down to where there's nothing left but Evan Williams' green label. <laughs> <laughs> and Evan Williams' green label is a $25 headache and a $10 bottle. <laughs> yeah man i I never had that one um well, know, it got us through <laughs> I, I know ezra brooks has given me some bad mornings oh yeah but, well hey brett is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would like to touch on uh i don't think so just uh i, I really wish that we had small mouth right in this little area but we don't yeah man and, Hopefully soon we will. <laughs> I hope you do. I, I can't wait to hear about this. And I, I please keep in touch with the, the smallmouth project because no matter how much we love muskie, they're, they're cool fish. Smallmouth are way better. Oh, it's the best. <laughs> I, well, smallmouth, smallmouth are available and they're just the best, most sporty little guys. Um, I, I fish for them a lot of times with my five weight and I just, I love it. It doesn't matter what, what size fish you catch, you're going to have a good bite. Exactly. And you don't mm-hmm. have to break your elbow throwing uh, musky flies. Right. You know, you don't have to pay attention. You can like be in a raft and make fun of your friend rowing the boat and still catch him. You know, <laughs> you yep. have to figure eight every time. I love them. <laughs> well, you guys ever get down uh, this way, make sure and let me know. And, uh, you know, I'll, paddle you around and let you cast for these musky you would let us touch your touch your pets oh yeah oh, you yeah. gotta throw them back <laughs> yeah of course oh yeah of course man and if you ever want a great smallmouth float you know and you're in this area we do have great smallmouth fishing so you're more than welcome to come catch bass here too cool. always if, always so you should Love make it you should make a trip of it come up see me and uh me and jay Catch smallmouth. Go up see Cardikini. I know your buddies with him. Catch some trout, and then hit Chad Wild on the top side, and then go on back. 
Yeah, you know, um, speaking of Drakeans, um, guys that, that are all kind of on the Drake form is SOBF. Um, yeah. Brian Golden. I did happen to fish with him one time. Um, but we were in Maine, and uh, I just, out of the blue, I sent him a message and said, hey, are you available to fish? And I mean, he showed up the next morning um, at the hotel with a old Ford Tars with a canoe strapped to the top of it. And we, we took off and we went fishing for landlocked salmon, which was really a cool, cool thing. Did, did you end up getting any landlocked salmon? No, we saw a lot, but we couldn't get them to eat. That's cool, man. That That's definitely uh, something that you don't think about. <laughs> I made one trip to Maine and I hit up Jasper, who was Maine drifter. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That's when I picked up the drift boat from him, and we were supposed to go catch landlocked salmon or fish for landlocked salmon, but it just didn't end up happening. There was wasn't enough hours in a day, right? So I'm definitely gonna try to make it back. That's the problem with all this fun stuff. Exactly. Just, Amen. Just not enough time to feed yourself and do all the fun stuff. Exactly. That's why we try to eat less, drink more, and, <laughs> <laughs> and have as much fun as we can. Yeah. There you go. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I love you guys. I love your podcast. Uh, I, you know, every week I just uh, can't wait to get the new episode and listen. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. <laughs> thank you a lot. That, yeah, that it does a mean a lot to hear that from uh, from someone that listens, and, and thank you. Yeah, well, it's great. I mean, and you guys have a different perspective. You're a different part of the world, and um, it's it's good. We love it. And we we try to keep it different than the Orvis podcast, you know. Tom can be bland every once in a while. Uh, he was funny as heck when he was on this show, but uh, we try to keep it different and lively and upbeat, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. So, well, thank you very much, Brett. It's been a it's been our pleasure talking to you. Well, absolutely, and uh, like I said, if you're ever in this neck of the woods, holla. Just keep it, keep it going, Chad. I like it. Okay, yeah, I, I like this tune. We're, we're going to talk over this. This is going to be our bed. If we're going to get a little techie, this is our bed, Jay. It's the music that you play when you talk over it. Oh, there goes one back at you. Hopefully it stinks as bad as yours did, you it, son of a bitch. It will not. I promise you that. I had to tell my son that we will, no, we will not talk about things that come out of you last night on the, or yesterday on the way home from the air park because he was talking about farts and throwing up. I was like, no, talk about nothing that comes out of you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll play that. It's just something from them. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, 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 visit, I revisited a couple of their albums the other day. I only know one song by them. But uh, didn't a guy go to jail for having sex with a super minor? <laughs> Maybe he did. I have no idea. Maybe that's why I haven't heard of them in a long ass time. That's definitely why you haven't heard of them in a long I, ass who time. Who would have knew? I didn't. I didn't follow them that far along. I just knew when we were like right out of high school, they were or right in high school, right out of high school, they were pretty good. And we're not talking about real big fish. We're, no, we're no, real big the, fish is fine. 
We're talking about this next band that we're gonna play. Uh, there was uh, there was like three songs. There was uh, there was one. It was Shinobi versus the Ninja Dragon. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was uh, Last Train Home. They had a couple others that like they got a little more popular. I guess I saw them with Hoobastank. The huh. Lost Prophets. Yeah, I saw them with Hoobastank one time. Huh? They're they're not. Just, re- remember. They're- they're not really on. No, they're Apple. not on anywhere, dude. It took me. It. it you I was know hard why? to find them because the guy's a rapist, apparently. That's why. <laughs> okay. That. That. Now. Now everything is coming to fruition. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck won't they play any of their music? They're playing a bunch of Rise Against and all this other shit, but. Huh. <laughs> yeah. That's... Weren't, weren't terrible music though. No, it wasn't bad music, but but he's a bad person. <laughs> apparently, he's a bad bad person. Oh well, dude, I wish I'd have known that. <laughs> now cut off your ears, Jason. <laughs> what are you gonna you know i mean hey so uh we were talking about the super bowl a little bit um when yeah when everyone wait. when everyone hears our next episode it's gonna be the day after super bowl so none of the prop bets will be funny then we thought it'd be funny to to do a little bit of super bowl talk now and do some prop bets now yeah do you want to go serious bets and what's really going to happen first or yeah, let, uh, let's do serious stuff first what do you think chad you watched a lot more football this year than you've probably watched in the last I have, a bunch of years. I have, and I definitely have opinions. Um, I, I'm i torn because the Chiefs are definitely a better team, and I think if it was a 10-game series, the Chiefs would win. But being a one-game... They would beat them eight out of fucking ten times. Yes, but being a one-game Super Bowl... You don't bet against Tom Brady in February. You know what I mean? I you know you know over the years he's only what he's he's lost he's two. been to nine and he's lost three, three yeah and uh what two to two to the Giants and one to Seattle no they beat or Seattle they beat Seattle because it was the the infamous yeah. on the goal line play yeah, you give it to fucking Marshawn Lynch yeah, yeah. you yeah, don't yeah, yeah. you don't throw it no no you give it to Marshawn Lynch. You have beast mode. But anyway, uh, they lost. To, who the fuck did they lose to then? Oh, uh, let It me was think. the undefeated. No, was the undefeated season was the Giants. Uh, the other one was the Giants. Cause, and you know why? Because the Giants had the best pass rush in football. And if you put Brady on his ass early in the game and rattle him a little bit, a guy who's not going to move much, you have the advantage. Uh, I, he, he gets pissed. He, nobody, none of them guys like to get hit like that. So he's all a, he's a player that is loves timing. His it's all timing routes with him and things like that. In 2002, Brady led the Patriots to a victory over the Rams. In 04, the that was pa- like Kurt Warner did. The Patriots beat the <laughs> Panthers in 2005. Uh, beat the Eagles mm-hmm. in 15 with Andy Reid in 15. He won MVP, beating the Seahawks. In 17, they beat the Falcons. In 19, they beat the Rams. Yeah, we didn't talk about the losses. Yeah. We're looking for a fucking loss. Sorry, I'm trying to keep this an entertaining podcast and do some Google research at the same time. I'm, uh, let me let me re- rework this from wins <laughs> to losses. <laughs> I mean, at this time in his career, too, Patrick Mahomes is better. He's the best. In the league right now, it's it's hard to you know how can you how can you say anything against that? He's got the best weapons. 
and he is the best quarterback. He moves around, keeps us. He's like he's like Steve Young on fucking steroids, dude. Keep, do I have to keep talking? Will you fucking look something up already? I'm looking it up. Or talk back to me, for fuck's sake. I I can't find it. Never mind. I'm not doing this. I'm not good at this. I'm not a Chris Loxamana and Adam Carolla mixed in one. <laughs> I will say uh, there are some prop bets that we could uh, we could see who wants or if we want to get in on. Um, where are they? Oh, who's gonna it's, win? Who the hell? So you're saying you're saying Tampa Bay? I'm saying Tampa Bay. I'm not. I'm okay. I, I can't bring myself to bet against so, Brady. So I, I mean, I'm I'm taking my homie. Yeah. So so what are we doing? What, what's our prop bet? I already Mark already owes me a rowing trip still from last year's Super Bowl. I, I, I'm gonna keep stacking things on my side. Um. Okay. How about this? If I lose, I will do a full float trip in the nude. In June. And your gutchies. Okay, in my gutchies. We can't keep it nude. Gutchies. And then if you lose, you have to do a full flow trip in a banana hammock. Either way, it has to be the same thing. The yeah. Banana yeah. hammock, either way. <laughs> okay, deal. And we buy one size. <laughs> no, there can't be one size. No, we buy one size. <laughs> I have to tie mine in a knot, like a little. Like, if the girl's shirt doesn't fit tight enough, they tie in a little knot in the corner. That's what dude, my banana hammock's gonna have a fucking little knot in the corner. Well, so you're expecting to lose? No, or or yours, <laughs> mine's not even gonna fit around your fucking thigh. One of half your nutsack's gonna be hanging one out. One of my nuts is gonna be hanging out. <laughs> So the, we'll, we'll accommodate after the loss to buy the one size that will fit the guy. Okay. Um, can we do a downtown float for that oh, one? Oh, it has to be through downtown Sharon. <laughs> okay. Oh, fuck yeah. You got to get out at the lube and get into your vehicle with a banana hammock on. There's no changing until we get into the vehicle at the end of the float. And, and we've talked about a lot of fucking shit, shitty, crazy bets around here. None of them ever fucking follow through. I, I will follow this through. On this one has to be followed through with. <laughs> I'm in. Hey, pound it out. Okay. There we go. <laughs> uh, hold on. It'd be even funnier if you were wearing your wife's. <laughs> There's, I would go along with that, Jay. There's no way in hell. No, your wife's way too small for that. That I would stretch out my wife's garments to uh, to fulfill this bet with you. All right. Well, just get a banana hammock. I like them looking like they do on her. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to see you in some pretty little lace, Chad. I don't know. It's just something about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But go ahead with some prop bets. Okay. Um, will there be a two-point conversion? I mean, personally, I don't think so. Do you? I don't think so. Um, you know, the, but but to that point, the two-point conversion is, ev- is growing ever more popular in the NFL. Like in late-game situations, if you're down by 14 – they almost like like statistically, you're supposed to go for two because you can end up winning more often than you would lose. And here, here's another, one. Here's another one that goes with that. Will there be a missed field goal, or not field goal? Will there be a missed extra point in the game? Man, and again, with the moving I, the with the moving it back. I mean, there's been more than ever. So I think if there's a missed extra point, there's definitely going to be a two point conversion by someone else. Yeah. So if you bet on one. You better bet the other. Um, what was it? Who's is Brady's first pass going to be a completion? Man, 
Yes, yes, his weapons are too good. And how about Mahomes? Yeah, I, I, I think yes for both. You think yes for both? Yeah. Do you? I think yes for both. Do you think it's going to be real high scoring, or what do you think? No, it's not going to be a high scoring game. Un- unless, unless Kansas City blows it out. Number prediction. Twenty-eight, twenty-four, Tampa Bay. Taking. I'm going thirty-five. 3528. Hold on. 28 24 Tampa. Yeah, mine's 3528. 3528 KC. And Tampa Bay better not take that shitty 3 points like fucking Green Bay did in that last game, maybe just to cover a spread or some shit. So their coach didn't lose all kinds of money. So what do, <laughs> what do we think up. is a uh, is Aaron Rodgers coming back to Green Bay? Uh, yes. Oh, absolutely. Is that one of the bets? No. <laughs> that's just something you're asking? No, that's just something I'm yeah. asking. Yeah, oh, why wouldn't he? he? He might as well just retire a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, but they went out and drafted a quarterback first round last year. And they did the same thing with him. I'm just, okay? I'm just saying. And how long did, how many years did he sit behind Brett Favre? He sat behind Brett Favre for four years. So he was the same guy that many years ago. So... Can can he be a hater? Can he can he sip his own? You know because he was he was the the same guy in the last situation, and now his career has passed him by. Great career. He's Dude's still the MVP. Of, oh, he's, he's still stud. the MVP of the NFL. He's a stud. He's still. I mean, they ha- they sh- they have to keep him. Yeah, keep him till he sucks. Kind of or like- starts throwing out dick pics to fucking the secretaries and thing. I hey. know, I know that was after Brett Favre had left, but you yeah, know. yeah, he was a he was a, a Viking. Just, Jet by then. He was a jet. Oh, he was a jet when he was yeah. the dick pick champion yeah, of the world? Yeah. Well, New York, he was you know, throwing out wiener picks. He was trying to be Joe Broadway. He sure Broadway was, yeah. <laughs> so here's a good one. The This is an over-under. The longest accepted penalty over or under 19.5 yards. Oh, oh. Apps over, over. You yeah. think over? Oh, yeah. Well, what there's going to be a bomb thrown. A pass interference. Yeah, pass interference. Yeah, absolutely. Tom Brady will th- get at least one good pass one interference. 135-yard penalty. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. His 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 main threat was Mike Williams, right? Their, their big wide receiver, the big giant who was hurt yeah. last game. Yeah, he, he'll be back this week, too, or next week. I'm sure full strength because he, bar- he was, you know, in and out of last game taking, like, uh, a certain amount of reps. So, what's the first play of the game going to be? First offensive play of the game is it going to be a rush or a pass? If Tampa Bay gets the ball, it'll be a rush. If Kansas City gets the ball, it's going to be a pass. Yeah, but that that doesn't mean. I know, I know. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm the just the first play of the game. What's it going to be? What's the coin toss going to be? I don't know. <laughs> tails. I have a stand. It's always tails. I have a stand. No, it's not always tails. But I have a standing coin flip bet for a six pack. I have t- or I have heads, and Ernie has tails. Ever? I bought him a six pack last year. But for the Super Bowl? Yeah, for the Super Bowl. For that, the rest of your lives? What well, has been this far? <clears throat> oh, that's pretty we're, cool. We're thirty, thirty-seven, <laughs> and thirty-eight, and we've been doing it since we were fifteen. Hmm. Hmm. And at that point in our lives, it wasn't a six pack. At that point in our lives, it was like five bucks. Yeah. Even if we weren't together, 
would call each other right after the coin flip. Because in that way, you bet for the coin flip and you can enjoy the rest of the game. You have nothing riding on it. Hmm. You know what I mean? No, I, I love the squares. I love the squares. Squares too. is like the best. If you're gonna play like a uh, a Super Bowl game, you gotta get your squares. Are you guys coming here next week for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's a podcast, right? We're gonna do the podcast at two. We're calling. Am I gonna leave after I'm drunk? Absolutely not. To not so to bring, not eat food and not watch the game. I so mean, bring some ones for the squares. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I already um, planned. I have a a Super Bowl uh, menu already planned. Oh sweet! Do you remember the uh, the Blues Hog wings I did the other, a couple weeks ago? They're the barbecue wings I did on the grill. Well, I bought four pounds of Blues Hog barbecue sauce last night in a drunken stupor. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and we're gonna we're gonna have Blues Hog uh, chicken. Is that thighs. online? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Amazon's the best place to buy, <laughs> buy barbecue. <laughs> Chad <sauce>. hasn't <laughs> been drunk in a month. It's fucking <laughs> look out. I, I was drunk spending. So uh, we're having blues hog chicken thighs. Hmm. And uh, I think we're going to do some smoked queso dip. Oh, there yeah. we go. Um, Anything else you need from us? I don't know. We'll, we'll have our lady folks talk about that. Yeah. Let me know what we need to bring or what I need to cook. I mean, and speak- it seems like it's going to be pretty shitty weather. Speaking of that, next week uh, we have Mark Sadati coming on the podcast. I can't wait to talk to him. Uh, he's like, I was, I was talking to him the other day, just doing a little bit of research, a little bit of homework. I was talking mm-hmm. to him. He said, "You you boys know Ke- or, uh, Tommy Lynch, don't you?" I said, "Yeah." No. I said, "Yeah, I know Tommy a little bit." He's like, "Call Tommy and ask him about me." I said, "Okay." So I called Tommy on Thursday, or I called him on Wednesday. He said, "Hey, is this gonna take long?" I said. No, you busy? He said, uh, a little bit. I said, call me back tomorrow. So then Thursday went by. No call. Tommy called me at like noon on Friday. He's like, hey, Chad, what's up? What's happening, man? I said, hey, Tommy, can I call you? I'm at work. He's like, yeah. So we, we called and I drove around for half an hour bullshit with Tommy about Mark Sadati. So it's going to be a good show. That dude has done a lot more than uh, than people give him credit for. Yeah, what's, uh, give us a little insight, Mark. Or Mark. Who? <laughs> Mark. Chad, what? you're ugly with a beard. Shut up. I'm cutting this thing off now. <laughs> Don't you dare. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, Mark has a... Uh, I think I was, I was... That's what I was trying to say. Give us a little insight on Mark. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I really want him to talk about it next week, but there's a lot that he's brought to the trout fishing world that he doesn't get recognized for. Um, big, Michigan guy. Big street. No, he's a striper dude. And he goes out to Michigan and throws the big flies. Oh, cool. Like when other dudes were throwing articulated woolly buggers, mm. Mark Sadati comes out with some feather slammers and just blows some people's minds. It's it's going to be a good, good, interesting interview. Because Mark was telling me he's like, he, he likes throwing big, or he likes throwing big Rapalas for, for trout. And he's like, they'll hit that. And then he brought the feather changer or the feather slammer in and it just changed up the way people started fishing for uh for trout with streamers. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Hell so. yes. Every time I I think about, you know, trout and streamers or just uh, streamers in general, I always look back to the picture. One picture my buddy Justin sent me of a twenty some inch brown trout puking up what is a ten inch Rainbow, rainbow. I'm like, 
and you know at that point i, I just always i always and then people think they're you know when even if they're going on a float trip with me and we're trout fishing it's like oh, i think this is too big i'm like dude it, it's, it's never it is not. it's never too big he'll be he'll eat something 10 inches and then eat your four inch three inch two inch fly as well so yeah that's gonna be awesome to listen to that so will patrick mahomes throw an interception <laughs> oh fuck no that's plus 100 for yeah for a yes yeah and minus 120 for a no yeah that means you're getting a good bet on the no yeah, yeah the no's i mean he threw what like three or four all year i think he threw one but it's a big game man did he throw one against your you guys yes wasn't that his last game yeah the last game mm-hmm. he threw one um will the game go into overtime No. The big nope. bet. The big bet is no, minus eight fifty. I think. I think Tommy's going to get the ball to try to make it thirty five thirty five, and he's going to fail on his final drive. It won't be of his career because he's coming back next year. I don't know. And man. he's in good enough shape. And yeah, he's on a two year contract. Next year's his last year. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that he's going to fail. He will fail. It's hard to bet against Tom Brady in the in February. He will fail. Chad, he's playing against the best coach who has the best quarterback right now. He's like, he's playing against Bilicek and Brady of years past, back in the day. But Patrick Mahomes is better than Brady at this point in their careers. You know, three years in, Brady wasn't this guy. Brady was a team with a great defense and threw the ball 18 to 25 times. And, you know, he wasn't the gunslinging Tom Brady for what? Probably until like his seventh season. Then he started really gunning the ball around and they their defense kind of diminished. You know? And yeah. he got, then he got fucking, what, Randy Moss and had Gronk or was it Grant, Gronk and Randy Moss in one year or what I don't know if Gronk was even there then but Julian Edelman Yeah oh yeah, yeah. Wes Welker yes for a while that, Wes Welker was the fucking man for a while but when he had Moss he threw 50 some odd touchdowns and that was I think was surpassed by what Peyton Manning when he was in Denver Yeah Cuz yeah, he had that. a hell of a team too it was, I can't remember their wide receiver's name but he was sweet Demarius Thomas I don't yep. have any that was idea. Demarius Thomas was there Denver's. But. Oh, I love it, man. I no, my homie, man, my homie. He has the best weapon ever. Kelsey. He is Gronk when Gronk was the man. And not to mention the uh, number 10, uh Tyreek Hill. Oh my gosh, man. That guy, you can catch a 12-yard pass. And the next thing you know, he's 70 yards down the fucking field. Made one, so fast. Made one move, and it's just like gone. Boom. So amazing. That's, that's, that's what makes them so dynamic. And they have, like I said, they have the best head coach. He has the most experience. His multiple, a couple of Super Bowl losses, multiple NFC championship losses. Just, you know, he's lived, he's lived through experiences that make him a better coach when it comes down to calling timeouts and spending this and that's like he doesn't make mistakes often was he coaching the eagles when mcnab was the quarterback yeah when yeah. they went to all the championships and- yep and they were awesome they were awesome they were a good team i'm not an eagles fan i'm a cowboys fan so i don't like the eagles i didn't like those teams 
fucking hated uh, Brian Dawkins. <laughs> fucking hated Brian Dawkins more than anybody in the world at that point. But they were good, and 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 you know you see it now. And I like I like I like Kansas City. I like Mahomes. I, I I'm not you know they're a fan of the team, but I like watching them. They're entertaining, and Andy Reid's a hell of a coach. When he when that other quarterback went in the other week, and I thought they were gonna, it was all gonna go downhill to your to your brownies, and <clears throat> he kept the pedal to the metal no matter who was in there, and that just showed that that that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. Don't don't just hand the ball off three times because your backup quarterback's in there and you lost your superstar, your five hundred million dollar man. I don't know. You you are pretty much a, a Mahomes fanboy. Oh, I love fucking Patrick Mahomes. I am. I would not be surprised if you come here next week. With <laughs> Kansas City jersey? No, 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 no. With the Mahomes haircut. <laughs> I should have <laughs> let it go out. I should have. I should have. Oh, I should have. I should. I should have uh, had a, my wife permit and everything. I, I. I just got a haircut today, right before I came. Oh, you can't so do it. I can't do it now. Maybe they'd have gave me the. Uh, the Mahomes price on our what's it the the insurance yeah on the uh, the State Farm insurance yeah that's it that's all I got but do we have anything else for the night I mean no I'm good you good I don't think so no just time flies trying to trying to get through the doldrums that <sighs> that is January absolutely no fishing no fishing no fishing you know my my wife had me hanging fucking pictures this afternoon. At like at like eleven, I'm hanging pictures on the wall with my wife, and I'm like, "God, Dad, get here! God, can't <laughs> wait to not do this ever again." Bring me the B. I have yinglings. Bring your B pluses. Let's go into the garage and get the fuck out of me hanging pictures. <laughs> I'll even drink some of your red dogs. Just don't make me do this. I don't care what we drink. I would drink piss at this point. I don't want to fucking hang pictures. I was drinking Bush on tap last night. Oh, that's not bad though. It was delicious. Oh yeah. You gotta love I, high life on tap at work is magnificent yeah. after work. It tastes like mm. we went over to our friend's house and he has a kegerator in the basement. Nice. Oh, it was so good. Johnny Lark. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, and before that, we were reminiscing about when him and I used to live in our old farmhouse. We would kill a keg in ten days. Every ten days we were going to buy another <coughs> keg. Wow. Because we didn't have any money to do anything. Except buy kegs and sit at the house and drink beer. That's like when you were young. It's right. Oh, shit. That's when I met my wife, you know. So we were like not going on dates and, you know, it's just. That's what we did. We sat at the house sure. and drank bush. I was wandering around the streets of Columbus, Chad. You so, were? Yeah. No, I, wasn't, I wasn't out here in farmland. But tonight's show. Brought to us by Predator Flygear. Check them out at PredatorFlygear.com. Eric Hooks. Hey, tie your flies on Eric Hooks. EricHooks.com. Tonight's show has been brought to you by Urban Fly Company. Check Mark out at UrbanFlyCompany.com. Yeti. Built for the wild. Yeti.com. I love doing the radio voice for plugs. I know. Can I just say that? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was so into the radio voice. Did you do Sims? No, go ahead. Sims, fish, fish well, man. Check them out at simsfishing.com. Queen City Guiding, our buddy Ryan Evans at queencityguiding.com. Why not fishing in their app, The Dock? I think we got all of them. I think we did too.
I found a really cool Eric's hook sticker that we got from Mo in the last some I can't when you send us some hooks sometime. Oh, it's perfect. It's all white and black. It's going right on the back of the Right in the back of your car? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's joining the rest of them. Hell yes. <laughs> 